Caution. The contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. And today we're taking a look at a more obscure composer, Arthur de Grief, not to be confused with the Belgian tennis player of the same name, and his thrilling etude, Perpetual Motion. Arthur de Grief was born in Belgium in 1862. In 1873, when he was only 11 years old, de Grief participated in a local piano competition and won, and thus started his path towards being a professional pianist. As a young musician, he studied at the Brussels Conservatory, and while we don't really recognize de Grief as a household name nowadays, he is strongly associated with many famous composers. For example, his piano teacher at the conservatory, Ignaz Moschel, was actually a teacher of Felix Mendelssohn and had been friends with Ludwig von Beethoven. And so, while we don't recognize de Grief today, during his life, he was quite well known. He graduated from the Brussels Conservatory with the highest possible distinction for piano performance. Then, de Grief sought out great teachers to further his studies. He spent some time learning from one of the most virtuosic pianists at the time, Franz Liszt. He also became friends with Camille Saint-Saëns, and the two would actually give joint concerts together around Europe. De Grief really got his big break following a performance of the Grieg Piano Concerto that was attended by Grieg himself. Apparently, Grieg deemed the performance the best rendition he had ever heard, thus making a name for De Grief overnight. After that, many famous composers began writing works for him to perform, and this is not only due to his extreme skill with the piano, but also his personality. He was a well-spoken individual who wasn't self-aggrandizing and was easy to work with, and the results were spectacular. As a virtuosic pianist, de Grief could have easily made a living touring. However, in addition to performance, he wanted to teach, and thus was given a position at his alma mater, the Brussels Conservatory. His students there found him to be a good teacher. He had strong technique and apparently a gentle and humorous way of presenting his lessons. Like his teacher Liszt before him, de Grief tried his hand at writing his own music for his own performances. His friend Saint-Saëns was encouraging and supportive, thinking that de Grief had a great potential to become a great composer. De Grief produced piano concertos, orchestral works, chamber music, and as we'll look into in just a bit, piano etudes. His music did truly require the touch of a virtuoso to perform, however, Many critics suggest that it falls just a little flat compared to the music of truly great composers. And this is perhaps why we don't know his name as well as we should. While his music was excellent, it was largely dismissed after his death, and with his contributions to music primarily being his performances. De Grief lived at an interesting time period, 
growing up in the tradition of the great romantics, but seeing the rise of recording instruments. In 1927, he was the first performer to record Grieg's Piano Concerto in full. And this is, of course, a landmark recording, since the interpretation is as close to what Grieg envisioned as possible. Essentially, we're getting a portal into history from someone who would have spoken to Grieg about his music. For many more years, de Grief worked as a recording artist, producing numerous records of the Great Romantics in the style they would have wanted. He died in 1940 at the ripe age of 78. So let's dive into one of de Grief's piano etudes, the Perpetual Motion Etude. As a listener without the benefit of seeing the score for this piece, you might think at first that it's just your standard etude meant perhaps to teach you phrasing or something boring like that. But this piece is actually very challenging and really actually extraordinary. It's subtitled For the Left Hand, meaning everything you're hearing right now is actually played with just the five available fingers of the left hand. Now, there are several reasons why DeGrieff might have chosen to write this particular finger challenge. First, since most people are right-handed, sometimes the left hand lacks control. By forcing a student to focus on the left hand and doing everything, all the notes, all the phrasing, all the proper emphasis, you can quickly bring that hand up to speed with the more talented right hand. Or perhaps it was written for pianists who could only use their left hands. Each etude from de Grief's collection had a dedication at the beginning, and this particular etude is dedicated to Mademoiselle Berthe Leverture. She is not mentioned in any texts about de Grief, but one can assume that she was a student of his at the Brussels Conservatory, and perhaps lacked proficient use of her right hand. The Perpetual Motion Etude has three general sections. The A section is made up of running chords that are mostly two-note chords, This is the section that sounds most like a traditional etude, as it is the same general idea of the two note chords traveling around the keys up and down. However, de Grief does encourage the performer to add in phrasing and musicality. He has generously used dynamic markings and also includes suggestions for areas to ritardando or accelerando. section is a definite change of pace, marked più lento, meaning slower, and dolcissimo, very sweetly. Here, de Grief experiments with having more sustained upper notes to make more of a melody. Note that these longer notes are still played by the same left hand that is playing the 16th note bass line underneath. 
The final section is back to the running two-note chords, like the first A section. Though de Grief's career focused primarily on the Romantic tradition, this etude actually takes on a little bit of Impressionistic flair. So we've talked before how Impressionist composers such as Debussy rely heavily on the pentatonic scale to give their music a dreamy and exotic feeling. De Grief achieves a similar sound due to his unique style of sequencing. In this section, we hear him moving up a sequence with the chromatic scale rather than the diatonic scale. As a result, he ends up falling on note patterns that might not exactly be a pentatonic pattern, but mimic the sound of one. Degrief also clearly knew how to make things sound flashy in the Romantic style. He took a page out of Liszt's book by emphasizing very low notes at the beginning of larger upward runs. In this etude setting, that requires the performer to have fairly large hands, or in this case hand, as these chords often span over an octave. In another instance, he really draws our ear to the lower note by first having the performer voice key melodic notes upward, and then on, on the resolution of that upward run, instead of it just being a step away, he sends it down a whole octave. In the slower Piulento B section, De Grief takes an interesting compositional tactic that almost makes the piece sound like a virtuosic improv. He changes keys frequently. The keys he changes to aren't related in the slightest. At first, it might catch the listener off guard, but after it happens a few times, you could start to follow along with the erratic changes. And eventually, after listening to it for a while, it doesn't even sound strange at all, but rather peaceful and sweet. De Grief must have felt some limitation on the range he could write for with just the left hand, so he found a bit of a cheat to write bigger chords, and that's using a technique called rolled chords. This is a technique where a chord is written on a given beat. However, the score indicates that the performer should play the notes all separately, essentially rolling your hand up over all the notes. This means DeGrief could write very expanded chords with all the notes eventually sounding together, but not necessarily hit at the same time, as demonstrated here near the dramatic end of the piece. So there we have it, a sprightly and technical etude written by a virtuoso. De Grief might not commonly be counted among the great composers, perhaps due to living in the shadow of many of the piano greats of the late Romantic period. But he was a virtuosic mastermind, and this etude surely would improve his students' performance abilities.
So if you've liked this episode, please share it with a friend who might also like to learn about this lesser known composer. Also, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For the Coffee House Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. The Perpetual Motion Etude was performed by Gene Dubé. You can find the Coffee House on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Please rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com.